So the message I have for you guys, it's called a life worth living. I want to challenge you guys to live that life, a life worth living. And the best passage I could find on this is one of Jesus's last sermons that he gave. It's in John 15. So we're going to read it along on the screen here. It says, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Man, if you don't have, if you have never studied John 15, this is for everyone, okay? This isn't just for the seniors. This is for every follower of Christ. John 15 is packed with meaning. And I want you to think about this last phrase on there. Your joy may be full. This passage describes the only life that will bring true and lasting joy. It is the only life that's going to fill you up. There's going to be so many other things as you go out into the real world that tempt you to settle, to settle for things. Oh, this will bring you joy. Success will bring you joy. Money will bring you joy. Even as a good thing like a marriage or kids will bring you joy. When really there's nothing that will bring you joy except following Jesus. Following Jesus is the only thing that will give you that joy that full lasting joy, the, the life of being filled with the spirit and seeing answers to prayer and bearing much fruit. Like I want you guys to live a life that is abundant. God is glorified through you because you are bearing much fruit. And it's God, that's his spirit that is anointing you and giving you the ability to do exactly what he has called you to do. And the joy that Jesus has promises is not just like a calm, peaceful, it is calm and peaceful, but it's, it's also like powerful. And it, it is like overwhelming sometimes. The joy that I have when I see you seniors, when I think about you seniors and I pray for you and think about what God's going to do, it just overwhelms me. It, it makes me just feel like I'm about to explode like a joy explosion. This passage, John 7, 38. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within you. So this is the promise. This is the, the life that Jesus wants you to have. He wants you to have the kind of life that's just flowing with God's spirit moving through you. And the original language in this John verse is not talking about a bubbling brook, it's actually talking about like a torrent, like level six rapids. This living water of God's spirit is so powerful that 
it can propel you and motivate you and blast through, energize you and blast through anything that can hold you back. So the spirit of God is more than capable of helping you overcome any adversity that you will face in your life. He is more than able to give you full joy, even in the worst circumstances. I have faced pretty bad circumstances and ongoing things like my wife's health, my wife's bad back, and I've faced other things that have been such full of joy and peace. But the one thing that's always consistent is the joy that's found in Jesus. The one thing that's always consistent is the faithfulness of God. And if you remain in him, he will be real to you and he will give you that joy. So knowing Jesus and making him known, forget about success, forget about, like keep an eye on your money, make sure you have enough. Um, but, and do well with your family and relationships, but don't make even your kids, someday you'll have kids, some of you, don't make them an idol. Even your wife or your husband, don't make them an idol. Don't make anything above Jesus. Your one job is to know Christ and to make him known. And so my challenge is don't follow your passion. Like that's a lot of people give advice. Uh, graduation speeches is follow your passion. I say, don't follow your passion. Make Jesus your passion and follow him. So I guess if Jesus is your passion, then, then yeah, you can follow him. Um, that's a good idea. But just your dreams are overrated. Like go for God's dream for your life. Look, discover God's dream and that will transform the way you live and the way you think and your contentment. So the most commonly quoted part of this passage is John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we had our notes out, I would say circle the word abide. Okay, but you don't. If you're taking notes, write the word abide. Okay, that means to remain, to stay. Here's abide in Greek. It means to remain, abide, tarry, not to depart, to be held, kept continually. In reference to time, to continue to be, to last, to endure, to remain as one, not to become another or different, to wait for. So this word abide actually has so much meaning. It goes far beyond just having a daily quiet time. There's, it's so much more than just checking your religious box every day. Abide means to stay connected doing whatever it takes in every season of your life to stay intimately united and reliant and connected to Jesus. And as life goes on, it only gets harder. And so you actually need to turn, to turn up your dependence and reliance on Jesus. You actually need to turn up your prayer life, turn up your time in the Word. You turn up your dependence and learn to experience God's spirit and learn to rely on Jesus. It means to endure, to last, to tarry. And sometimes it just means clinging tight 
to who Jesus is. Sometimes it just means during seasons when it's hard, just holding on for dear, for dear life and staying connected to Jesus. In every season, cling to Jesus, especially when times are hard, cling to Jesus. I loved also how it says, to be held, kept continually. So not only do we stay connected to Jesus, do we cling to Jesus, but he has us in his hand. Jesus, we not only hold on to Jesus and stay connected to Jesus, but he promises to hold on to us. So Jesus will not forsake you. He will cling to you as you cling to him. He will make sure that you, he finished what's, what he started in your life. So if you remember one thing during this, at this message is cling to Jesus. There's a song, um, it's an older Hillsong United song, but it's called Desert Song. And I'm not gonna sing it, don't worry. But I love it. It says, this is my prayer in the desert when all that within me feels dry. This is my prayer and my hunger and need. My God is the God who provides. And he says, all of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. So when you walk through the deserts of life, when God feels distant, when life is hard, you still have everything to celebrate about. And I think a lot of us, honestly, in this quarantine, it's, it's songs like this, it's verses like John 15 that get us through to remind ourselves that joy can be full in Jesus and he is worth it. He's always with you. He'll always be with you through the hard times, through the good times. The one thing that stays consistent is Jesus's faithfulness, his goodness for you. Next thing I love is this passage, verse seven and eight. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. The word that comes to my, my mind when I hear this passage is limitless. Your life, when you live the Jesus-centered life, the abiding life, your life is limitless. God can do whatever he sets in your mind for you to do. So I want to encourage you to be a diligent student of God's word. Always go deeper in your, in your understanding of God's word and learn to become a prayer warrior. I feel like in the last three years, I've grown more in my prayer life and it's just like, it's insane. Like how much more I feel like I know God. So I want to encourage you. There's always deeper that you can go in the word and in prayer. And then God promises to unleash his power and show off in his glory. D.L. Moody, he said this, the world has yet to see what God can do with the man fully consecrated to him. By God's help, I aim to be that man. What if you became that person? What if you were the kind of person that God just showed off his glory through your life? I love verse eight. It says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. We should long for God to glorify himself by bearing fruit in our lives. Why? Not so we can leave a legacy, but so that God can get the glory. Like, I want the life 
that when people see my life, they see the fruit in my life, they say, only God could do this. Only God could, could create this ripple effect, this wake that is from my life. And that's not about me. Like, it's about God. It's about Jesus and his grace and his power. I love this prayer by David Brainerd. Great biography. If you want to read a good biography, it says, Lord, let me make a difference for you that is utterly disproportionate to who I am. I pray that for each of you. The good, the good news in John 15 is it's not our job to produce fruit. It's our job to abide. It's not your job to produce fruit. It's your job to abide. And then he promises to produce fruit. He will bear, you will bear much fruit. So, but we should be praying for fruit. We should be consumed with advancing the gospel of God. John R. Mark said, let us settle for nothing less than the deepest mark on our generation. So make sure you're living a life worth living that's connected to Christ. Don't settle, please do not settle for a Christian spin on the American dream. What if you weren't called to live a happy and successful life? What if you were called to die? What if you were called to die to your dreams, to your ambitions, and live for God's glory? What if you were called to lay down whatever it is you're holding on to and let Christ magnify and glorify himself? And that looks different for all of us. It doesn't mean all of us should go become missionaries in an unreached people group. It means you are willing and, and actually joy-filled to lay down your dreams for God's dream, for, for God and the joy. I have never laid something down before God and regretted it. And every time I, I've surrendered something to God, he's given me a hundredfold back the joy. So just my, my encouragement to you is lay down your dreams. Let them die if, if they have to. I love this. Francis Xavier, he said, tell the students to give up their small ambitions and come eastward to, pre to preach the gospel of Christ. So be willing to let in, nothing is off the table for God. Write a blank check with your, with your life and let God fill in the amount. Okay, let God put your yes on the table and let God put it on the map. The funny thing is what feels like sacrifice now will feel like nothing in the future. You'll wish you've done more. Okay, there's a great, I'm going to close with, uh, there's a story. There's a guy named David Livingston. Put a thumbs up if you've heard of this guy. David Livingston. He was um, probably the most famous missionary to Africa. And he explored, he discovered, he was a European. He was one that went to the inland of Africa. He mapped like most of the interior of Africa. A lot of these lakes that he discovered and, and waterfalls are key names in Africa. If you go to Africa. That's why they have a lot of British names and stuff. Um, he, his life was changed at a meeting like this, except for it wasn't on Zoom. There was a missionary uh, that came and was speaking about his experience in Africa. And he said this, many a morning have I stood on the porch of my house. I've seen at different times, the smoke of a thousand villages, villages whose people are without Christ without God and without hope in the world. 
And this guy was named Robert Moffat. And that night, David Livingston went back to his bedroom and he couldn't sleep. That phrase, the smoke of a thousand villages, the smoke of a thousand villages just rang in his head. Just, he couldn't get over the fact that there were so many people that had no knowledge of God, that did not know Christ. And so David Livingston made a simple decision. I'm going to go to those villages. And so he packed up and here was, he tried to put together a team and here was his recruiting letter. He said this, if you have men who will only come if they know there's a road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road at all. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It's like, it reminds me of Back to the Future. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. It's like, sign me up. I'm coming. I want to go die with David Livingston. This sounds awesome. Um, David Livingston, he lived for 30 years as a missionary to Africa. He traveled 29,000 miles on foot through jungle preaching the gospel, providing medical services, building churches, and mapping the continent of Africa. His life was epic. It was an exciting adventure. It was awesome. But it was also filled with unimaginable pain and suffering. He was actually attacked by a lion. It tore his shoulder to the point that his mobility was hindered for the rest of his life. So a lion like really like ripped his shoulder. And um, so has anyone, let's see in the chat, anyone been attacked by a lion before? I almost have. So that's another story and I'll, I'll tell it another time, but uh, maybe slightly exaggerating, but it was close, it was close. Um, Livingston was married, but because of the difficulty of him traveling all, all over, he was only with his wife nine out of the 18, marri- 18 years of his marriage. So half of his marriage, he was traveling, spreading the gospel. If that wasn't enough, they lost their child to sickness. They lost the child on the mission field. And when I think about that, I think about Evelyn, my five-year-old daughter, like losing her on the mission field. That just rips my heart out. And then finally, Livingston lost his wife and still kept pursuing God's mission for his life years later. After all this, he returned back to Europe and someone asked him, man, why did you pay such a price for the gospel? And David Livingston said this, people talk of the sacrifice I made in spending so much time in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice, which is simply paying back a small part of a debt owing to our God, which we can never repay? Away with the word in such a view. And with such a thought, it is emphatically no sacrifice. Rather, it is a privilege. The average person would look at that statement by David Livingston and say, you crazy. <laughs> like, you crazy. That's just so unwise. That would be true. That would be a very unwise statement if the gospel wasn't real. If eternity wasn't forever. And if the thousands of souls that were saved for all of eternity weren't saved through the effort of David Livingston and his life. But the gospel is true. Jesus is alive and he is worthy of every sacrifice that we can make for him. 
if no one ever thinks you're living in a crazy or unwise way, I actually wonder if you're really following Jesus. You have to live in a way that makes this world wonder. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18. See, David's journals, David Livingston's journals, inspired literally thousands of missionaries to go to the country of Africa. It was, it was like a wave after wave. The missionaries that went to Africa, they didn't just get a flight. It wasn't like our trip that we were going to take. May it rest in peace. It's so sad we didn't get to go. But they packed, these missionaries literally packed their coffins. They, they packed all their belongings in their coffins before they went. Because they knew they were giving their life for something bigger than themselves. But slowly but surely, wave after bloody wave, missionaries came and they would spend a few years, a few months, and they, most of them would die within months of being on the shores of Africa and going a little bit deeper. But over time, wave after wave, the, the continent of Africa was covered with the gospel because of this many people's sacrifices, their blood that, that they shed so that people can come to know him. And now Africa is the most Christian continent in the world. Now they are sending missionaries to other to other places. They're sending missionaries to the unreached. It's about two-thirds Christian. So why do I tell you that? Why do I tell you the story of David Livingston? Because I want to plead with you. Don't settle. Don't settle for anything less. Your sacrifice in this life can lead, make a, tr a, a exponential impact and create a wake where others will follow you and you can make a huge impact for your life. Here's a question for you. And this isn't just for the seniors. This is for all of us. Considering my unique gifts and abilities, what can I do with my life that will make the maximum impact for Christ's kingdom? Just go do that, okay? Answer that question before God and go do that. Spend your life serving God, knowing God, and bearing much fruit. Cling to Jesus. Go deep in his word and prayer and bear much fruit. That's my challenge to you guys. I love you so much. Let me pray. God, thank you for these seniors. Thank you for the, so many of them are living this out already. And I pray that all of us would live up to these truths, that we would meditate and think on John 15. Jesus, that we would abide in you, that you would bear much fruit. You would glorify your name through our, through our ministry and through our individual lives. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.